What does it take to become the nightlife king of Miami? According to the current title holder, Dave Grutman, relationships are everything. And judging by his huge Rolodex of famous friends, like Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, and Justin Bieber, he's doing something right. Grutman is the founder of some of the most iconic nightclubs and restaurants in Miami, including Story, Komodo, Komodo Lounge, and the recently opened Upstairs at OTLA. A Florida native, Dave hit it big when he was tapped to create a club in Jeff Soffer's billion-dollar revamping of the Fountain Blue Hotel, which led to the birth of Live, now one of the most successful nightclubs in the country. Dave has also been called a cultural trailblazer by Rolling Stone magazine for bringing electronic dance music, or EDM, to nightclubs across America, after being inspired by the nightclub scene in Ibiza, Spain. You try to stick around great people because you know, you know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I always tell the story about Amy Thompson. She was the manager for Swedish House Mafia during their heyday, and they fired her. They, something happened, they fired her, and everybody in my industry turned their backs on her and uh, didn't talk to her anymore. And of course, I had her over right away down to Miami for Thanksgiving. I got her Kanye as a client, and I got her all this stuff. And then, of course, Swedish House Mafia hated their new manager and went back to her old manager. So when she got them again, she, she uh, really didn't forget people that turned their backs. In this illuminating discussion with Ivy's Sarah Zapp, Dave shared his insights on making it in the hospitality industry and bringing creativity and imagination to business. Please enjoy our conversation with Dave Grutman. You're listening to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the social university. We are the grad school for life. And our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. For more information about the Ivy community and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us at membership at ivy.com. This episode of the Ivy Podcast is brought to you by 8, maker of the 8 Smart Bed. Sleeping is smart. So is a bed that tells you exactly how well you slept last night. The 8 Smart Bed is a four-layer, high-density foam mattress paired with a smart cover that goes on the mattress just like a fitted sheet. This nearly invisible technology layer has multiple sensors that measure the quality of your sleep and deliver a daily sleep report each morning through the 8 app. The 8 cover also has a bed warming feature that warms each side of the bed individually to accommodate different sleeping temperatures. And 8 connects to almost any Wi-Fi enabled device in your house. Coffee makers, blinds, smart lights. Did we mention bed warming? Ivy Podcast listeners get $100 off any mattress purchase by entering the promo code IVY at checkout. Visit www.8sleep.com forward slash IVY to start sleeping smarter today. I, I kind of feel like this is just one of these examples of I'm just going to throw one question out there and just get out of the way because you're, 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 you're such a legend. Well, uh, I'm only 42 years old, but thank you so much. It's, yeah, that's a, it I get nervous if someone says that. It's, yeah. 
you get nervous. You, yeah, because I, really, I feel really, like I'm at the end of my rope. How do you get nervous with everything in the world that you've done? How do, how do you get nervous? Because it's, 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 it's a scary life out there. I'm just joking. <laughs> so tell us how you, how you really began feeling like hospitality, clubs, restaurants. Like this was your calling. This is where you were going to go. So I'm sure some of you guys have seen or not. I... I, was, I graduated with my finance degree from University of Florida. I, said, I saw the cocktail movie. I'm from Naples, Florida. I didn't want to go home just quite yet and play shuffleboard. So I said I want to bartend for a year. And uh, you know, no one would hire me on South Beach. I'm a chubby Jewish guy. And, guy and, and I see those people today sometimes, like the guy, like Eric Morris, who started Nikki Beach and has all the Nikki Beaches around the country. I see him all the time. I'm like, you didn't hire me as a bartender at Bash. And he's like, you were destined for greater things, thank God. But, so, but I did get a job bartending, and it was at the Aventura Mall in a restaurant there. And uh, it was the Biz Bistro. Uh, the owner of the Aventura Mall and the restaurant is the Sofers, and they're my partners in all my nightclubs today. So it's a, you know, it's a big thing I always preach to people is relationships, guys. You know, whether you're a bartender, a, a busser, a doctor, whatever it is, is you always have to treat everything like it's a profession. And for me, relationship was, was everything, even then. Let, let's talk a little bit about that. How have you found the value of your relationships really differentiating you in this business? Because this is cutthroat. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a club guy. So for me, relationships means, means everything, guys. It's, uh, you know, listen, every time a new club opens or, you know, they always want what we do because what we do, I think, is really the best at what we do. And they always try to mimic our success. And by doing so, they'll go to our DJs and my managers and you know, our team and say, hey guys, I, I, I'll offer you double the money to come with us or triple the money sometimes. And knock on wood, 99% of the time they don't do it. So that's one part of relationships. Now, if something else is popping up something against us that the person didn't know it was not one of our places, I'll, I'll usually make a phone call and try everything I can to make that go away. Um, but I'll tell you what, during the Q&A later, why don't you ask my team about how relationships come into play because it's something that we all preach to each other and it's part of our culture that we really all buy into. I will, and I'll definitely give yeah. the audience a chance to ask some questions later on too, so please be thinking about that. When you talk about these relationships, how do you maintain them? I mean, you, that's, that's, that's the key to it, right? So, by, by having ethics, um, you know, I really run my business with, with, with proper ethics, guys, and I think it's, it's true with everything that I do. Um, you know, the first, I, I ran the Opium Group. When I first started the business, I ran the Opium Group for, for a long time, and I was on top of my career, and I got an opportunity to open my first club and be a partner, and it was Cameo. And everything I did was to try to kill the Opium Group, to try to show them, look, I, look what I did. And my ethics and my beliefs weren't there, and I failed miserably. I failed so miserably that the Opium Group bought the club from me. <laughs> so when I opened Live, I, I decided to take a different mentality about it, and I, and I really wanted to focus on what I do and what I do really well. So talk to us a little bit about how do you really create this kind of epic nightclub and this nightlife? So I didn't create the nightlife, but what we like try to do is I try to be on top of the content. And I think for us, content is a very highly driven market, especially in the nightclub business, guys. I constantly have to see what's going on in the underground because that's what becomes pop culture, you know, in a year or two or six months. But the way things move so quick today, I've never seen anything move like it does right now in the night. You know, a song is hot and this guy is the hottest guy in the world and then literally tomorrow he's done and he's dead. So how are you finding these hot new acts? How do you stay so, on top of it? So, are you YouTubing all day or? 
No, but listen, I, I, I scour the internet like crazy. I look to see what's being cool in, in other markets, and I also try to see things that resonate with me. Plus, I have a, time, I have a great team that's all constantly talking to you know, new music managers, and I follow the careers of music managers and, and, and agents because the top guys usually have their finger on the pulse of what's coming up next, so I, I trust a lot of those kind of relationships as well. But it's, it's a constant thing, guys. It's constant, constant, constant. I never thought reggaeton would be the hottest thing in the world. It's the hottest fucking music in the world. <laughs> I had no, I didn't even see it coming. My guys are like, for, for, for six months now, they were trying to get a Sunday reggaeton going or something. And I'm like, are you crazy? Daddy Yankee died like five years ago. And they're like, <laughs> and let me tell you guys, it's so hot. So now I'm, I'm on that relationship. We have Zion and Nikki Jams. I'm hanging out, I'm doing everything I can to hang out with all these guys now because that's what's hot right now. So let's talk about it from a, from a business perspective. To, to build the third highest grossing nightclub, that's, that's very strategic. It's, that's it's strategic, it's, it's luck, it's being at the, at the right place at the right time and then being able to capitalize on that. Guys, there's plenty of times in your life that's gonna come up where you're in the right place at the right time, but if you don't make the right decision or capitalize, or, capitalize on it, it doesn't matter, it just goes away. And I, you know, all the time we try to put ourselves, we, we try to build the best team around us so we can be in that position to capitalize. I think one of the biggest questions is how do you stay relevant? Yes, you've had the clubs, the great restaurants. How do you stay relevant in the hospitality industry? By being innovative. If you just try to follow what the trend is, you're gonna have already been, it's already gonna pass you by. Like reggaeton, it's already kind of like, I wasn't on it right away, right? So you have to be cutting edge. You can't just wait to see what everyone else is doing because by the time you catch up, it's done, it's changed, it's moved. So be innovative, guys. It's a constant thing. Market, 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 and innovate. It's really, really important. So where do you get these innovative ideas? How do you know if something's going to be good and viable? I, you know, we, we've, we've failed a few times, but you keep trying. And you have to be, you know, look, I look at things, when I was opening Komodo, everyone told me I was crazy. They're like, look, this is club is huge. I mean, this restaurant's huge. Is there enough people in Brickle? You can't listen to everybody else that's going to try to pull you down because... That's how you kind of break the barrier, right? So with, with Komodo, we, we willed it to, to do what it does. I mean, it's, it's amazing. But if I was afraid that it was too big or too this, or Liv was on, I mean, at the time, when I opened Liv, Liv was on, is on 41st Street. Everything was happening below the Shore Club, below, you know, be, below Fifth, everything. But I knew the 50-yard line was kind of moving that direction. So when I opened Fountain Blue, I was like, I'm not going to listen to anybody. And, I, and we went pretty hard. So, so what guided you to open a place like OTL? Downstairs, great restaurant cafe. Upstairs, great event space. So I'm really close to Craig Robbins, who's the developer of the design district. And I really respect what he's, what he's done here. This guy has sat on this neighborhood for so many years, developing, developing, figuring it out. And he's like, he's like uh, Dave, I have this coffee shop with the guys from The Smile in New York. But they're afraid to do it. And I go, a coffee shop? Come on, man. I have a $40 million club. A <laughs> million. What, what do you... When you need, he goes, but I think it would be good for you to meet these guys because these are the ultimate hipsters. They're super cool, and they have a bunch of contacts I don't have. And I, and I actually, we, Mo and I met them, and we, we loved them. And I think something with OTL, if I could scale it to 10, 20, or 30 more, I think it could be a really great business for us. Um, and I also wanted to kind of feel out the neighborhood. We just signed a lease on the Casa Fendi Furniture Store, which is around the corner, guys, and we're going to do... An amazing restaurant there, big scale kind of restaurant. So I wanted to kind of figure out if this was a really right neighborhood or not, and it definitely is. So when you're looking at these new ventures, oh, did the nightclub, restaurants, and you look to expand your lifestyle brand, what do you look for? What's, what's the common denominator here? 
Well, first I want to see, is it something that I would want to go to, right? So also, I, I want you to be, I want to be a real lifestyle brand, guys. I want you to come and have coffee with me here. I want you to have lunch, and then I want you to have dinner at Komodo, party in my clubs, and eventually, you know, sleep in my hotel. So for me, it's about creating that whole hospitality, right? <laughs> <Are you? laughs> you like that? He's inviting every one of you. Don't worry, his beautiful wife's here. We're good. <laughs> uh, no, but listen, you want to create a lifestyle so people think about you when they're making those decisions in the hospitality business. Right now, I'm sure you guys see how commercial, commercial real estate's going. It's really taking a dive, right? So all these retail stores are starting to go away, and, and the ones that, are, that are, are staying are food and beverage. Everywhere you go, it's all food and beverage, food and beverage. So when I negotiate a deal for myself in one of these places, I look at myself as the anchor in the neighborhood now. And anyone that's in the food and beverage industry, that's the best thing I could tell you is you're gonna, you're gonna be the part that makes that neighborhood come alive now. And that's how I negotiate my deals. I think of myself as like JCPenney. So I go out, I'm gonna make this happen for you. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a great angle. I think of myself as JCPenney. Yeah, like I'm gonna, I, <laughs> listen, I'm an anchor of a neighborhood. I love that. So as you're, as you, you're out there building these brands. Obviously, there's a key of, of networking here, but you seem to do it in a really organic way. I feel like it's almost a bad word, like networking for success. How do you organically build those relationships and get some of this deal flow on, on, on your plate and these relationships in front of you? Guys, it, it, was, it definitely wasn't overnight, and it's a constant situation. And you know, I always, I always try to treat treat the people like, you know, like I, I want to be treated. I don't, I don't try to fuck people over. I don't try to screw them over. I think, you know, the reason why celebrities like to be with me so much is because they feel safe with me. They know I'm not going to throw them down the river. Um, and, I, and I care about their relationships. I mean, we don't do bad press. We don't do stuff like that. And I think, I think what happens is one person tells another person, you know, by being a key holder in Miami, it's a market that when people come to visit, they're like, oh, call my friend David or call this. And that's how I built it all the way to I am now. Um, I also took care of a lot of like the publicists and stuff like that in the beginning of my career that control lots of celebrities. And I did that because I don't know if you guys know anything about the PR. A lot of these PR yentas have like five or six great celebrities. They make no money, but the manager makes money, the agent makes huge money, but, they, but the poor publicist makes nothing, right? And so I always treated the publicists like they were the celebrity when, when they would come to Miami. And it would grow and grow and they would send me their people and send me their people. And it really worked out, but it's not overnight success. It's not an overnight th situation, but and it's a constant situation. I still talk to people. I went to college with Tiesto's agent. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the kind of relationships that I try to keep. You know, it's you're, you're so humble about some of your relationships. You look at the people who who showed up for your beautiful wedding. You look at your Instagram. I mean, these are the top movers and shakers in pop culture today. How have those high-profile relationships affected the way that you do business? You're, you have to be sensitive. You have to, you know, and, and you know, certain people don't like other people, and it's a whole. It's like high school. <laughs> it's, 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 oh gosh, please no. I mean, I think that's the best way to say it. But um, I think uh, I'm here to make someone have a great time. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm in the fun business, and when you're in the fun business, it better be fucking fun. <laughs> and it, it's that's what we try to do, and that's why. Listen, we take people. I love to show people Wynwood or show people parts of Miami that they never normally have seen. Um, because it touches a spot with them. When you take them to a spot that so, you're so passionate about or you take them on something secret that they've never seen before, it's cool. And I think it's, when you have a meal with somebody, it's a whole nother kind of relationship. You know, when you, it's, it's great. The, 
What was that? I don't know. We'll get to that in a minute. You know, I was reading a great article, and um, it was online, and they had interviewed um, Kim Kardashian for you. And what I found most fascinating was, you know, she was saying, I don't even know why I'm, I'm talking to you, this reporter in this outlet, but I'll do whatever Dave wants me to do. And, 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 she, and she really reflected on the fact that this was a genuine relationship, were, were her quotes. Yeah, you know, it was one of these kind of stories where the, the person interviewing me was like, well, I guess you can't get Kim, can you get Kim Kardashian on the phone? I'm like, sure, let me get her on the phone. And I get her on the phone. <laughs> and then he puts in the article, of course he puts Kim on the phone because she's going to say good things about him. He asked me to do, I, well, whatever. It's, but, but, but she did, but that was exactly the point. She's like, look. She, she was like, what is this publication? That, 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 that's the best part I loved about this article. And it was funny because obviously she wouldn't think twice because it was your relationship. Yeah. That's yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah. Lucky you. Yes. <laughs> she, and listen, she's the one that, remember, her and Paris hated each other for a long time. There's all these wars, and she's gone through her ups and downs. But, you know, you, you, you try to stick around great people because you know, you know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I always tell the story about Amy Thompson. She was the manager for Swedish House Mafia during their heyday. And they fired her. They, something happened. They fired her. And everybody in my industry turned their backs on her and uh, didn't talk to her anymore. And of course, I had her over right away down to Miami for Thanksgiving. I got her Kanye as a client, and I got her all this stuff. And then, of course, Swiss House Mafia hated their new manager and went back to her old manager. So when she got them again, she, she uh, really didn't forget people that turned their backs. And, and I see it all the time. There's good people that come. Listen, I had a stump. When I, when I failed miserably at Cameo, guys, I failed so badly. But, you know, thank God that people stuck by me because I had built up that relationship with them. That when I, when I did have another opportunity, I came back pretty strong. You, you know, you've, you've talked a couple of times about failing. What is your approach, and I should say relationship, with failing? Some people will do anything to avoid that. Other people really lean into it and learn from it. Guys, I have such a fear of failing, it's unbelievable. It, dri <laughs> it drives me so much. I hate, hate failing. I, uh, I hate it so bad that like, I'll have nightmares. I'll wake up early to try to avoid anything I can to, to fail or to get beat, I hate it. I really, I really had this fear, it's crazy. One of the interesting things I read about you was um, talking about your management style. And I think the, the, the quote was emotional bank account. When you're talking about an emotional bank account and the way that you manage and lead people, tell me a little bit about that approach. Well, a couple of things is I try to get everybody to buy into what, what, I, what I believe in. I, I'll try everything I can to buy it. Sometimes it doesn't work where they don't, they don't buy into it and they're like, no, Dave, that's never gonna work. But most of the time, <laughs> I try to get them to buy into it first. And then, as far as an emotional bank account, guys, you know, you gotta tell, you can't tell people bad things all the time. And I'm a really direct guy, especially with my, with my team. I'm super direct. And I think it's really important to be specific when you talk to someone about something they're trying to change or something bad that you saw. You can't be vague about it. People, people are, are, you know, they're, they're, they're professional, so you have to treat it like that. But the emotional bank account is really important to me because if all I do is, is, is withdraw, 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 it's, it's not going to lead to anything positive, right? So I have to build that person up, and not in a cheesy kind of way, but there's great times, and I, and I try to build them up, so when it comes time to do the bad times, I'm not in the negative. And it's important that you guys, that I feel that people manage that way or, you know, run their lives out that way. I just... You know. So you're very conscious, conscientious then about the deposits that you make in the, in the positive side and the I could probably be more conscientious. About that. 
<laughs> okay, okay. But, but no, it's important. And, and, and even in with the relationships, guys, it's super important that you, you know, you support people and you, you put people up. You know, like I try to elevate my team as much as possible. You know, there's Purple and Jojo and Mo, and, and I have great guys that I try to elevate so I could go on and do other things. If I didn't have these guys around me, I couldn't go and open an OTL or go open Komodo. It just wouldn't be possible. So. Well, it's a real testament to the, the members of your team that we worked with here have just been spot on and extremely detail oriented. I don't know if that's in the, in the little contract you make them sign or that's just who you bring on board, but they cross those T's and dot those I's. That, that, that must be a top-down mentality, Dave. We have a lot of detail. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so tell me a little bit about finding a work-life balance. You have your beautiful wife, Isabella, here. You guys are going to be having a baby. How does that focus and factor into your, your business persona? So people that are in the hospitality business are thinking about being like, there is no balance. It's 24-7, all day, every day. There is, I wish there was a balance. Now, luckily... I was lucky enough to meet my wife and it's given me some balance, but you know, listen, she has, she's, she's great about dealing with emails and phone calls at 7 a.m. And, and you know, midnight and there's, and, or during the middle of, a, of an important dinner that we're trying to have or something like that. Um, we try to do a date night once a week, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, love that. I love how she's laughing. She's like, yes, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really excited about having, having a baby. If, it, it, it's a girl. It's a girl! Did we hear that? So, Yay! I'm excited about that. And I'm, I'm really excited because of these great relationships that I think our baby girl's gonna get to meet some amazing people. And I'm really excited for to see what she's gonna do with life. Let's talk a little bit as we're looking towards your future. Obviously, this is a big part of it. But when you think about your legacy, and you really talked about building a lifestyle brand, we've got the clubs, we've got the restaurants. Talk to us about what this lifestyle brand is really gonna encompass and what the longer plan looks like for you. Well, listen, I, you have to diversify, especially in my business. I think if you're just a, I've seen so many of these, these club guys that just in the clubs, they're 90 years old, they're in the, still in the club, and I'm like, God, I, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm 90 years old and I'm still in this club, someone shoot me, right? So. And also for my team, they want to be challenged, right? So you want to diversify as much as, as possible. You want to stay true to your core. And my core is hospitality, guys. I created a hospitality company, and that's what I care about. I want people to be taken care of when they're at our, at our places. And I want to, I want, when you come to one of my places, I want you to be blown the fuck away. I want you to be like, well, wow. Like we're going to renovate live, and it's going to blow people away. Um, you know, Komodo, I hopefully it blew people away in, in Brickle. Um, and everything we do, we look at it, we really, I really focus on design. Design, 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 especially with what we have going on. And, and then I PR the shit out of it. So. <laughs> Sounds pretty formulaic. Yeah, it's like that. That's what we do. <laughs> right? That's, a, that's what we do. Um, I love how your whole team's slowly nodding their head there. So how do you figure out who the right person is to collaborate with? Who you want to take that project? Because you must have a million different discussions. Hey, Dave, let's do this. Hey, what about this idea? How do you decide who to lean into and why? So we do a Shark Tank 305 situation at, at, at my house all the time. No, but we, we look at, we, we're very careful. We're super, super careful because <clears throat> I know a, lot, a lot of times a, a person will present a really great presentation of themselves. And then once you get into it, but those kind of people, I don't think are attracted to us as much as real people now. Um, I think people kind of know that there's no bullshit with us and there's no scamming and we've seen everything you could, anything you could think of, we've seen, right? Every person in the world, 
they don't even bother coming to us anymore. I think, I think there's a fear there, which is great. Let them go deal with other people. But, um, you know, we're, it's just, I don't know. I think, it, I think we've put up that shield now to where people now don't even bother. When you think about your legacy, what does that look like? Well, listen, I hope, uh, I hope my legacy is that we, that we really created a, a great hospitality company and that the lifestyle that we create really says Miami. I mean, I love this city more than anything. I could, I could live anywhere and I choose to live in Miami because I really love what the city's about and the lifestyle. And, and it's just energy. I feed off of the energy in this, in this city so much. It's amazing. People are like, Miami, why don't you go to New York or LA or this or that? No, it's Miami. Miami's the best. <laughs> Give us three tips, and you've, you've gone over these with me, three tips for succeeding in this hospitality industry and world. Well, <laughs> in the hospitality, in the, you, you, have to be, you have to be super passionate about what you do and what we do. Um, you know, to be 24-7 around the clock, you really have to love it. Um, you have to know also that people do stupid things when they drink and when, they do, when they're partying and stuff like that, and you can't take that personal. I mean, I think we've been called every name in the world, and I think, <laughs> and I, I used to take it so personal, but you can't, guys. People are killing themselves. I mean, they're, they're, they're partying, they're raging, and they're gonna do stupid things, so you have to kind of be understanding. And, and the other thing is consistency. I, we, we get rid of people that can't be consistent, and consistency means everything, especially in the restaurant business. You know, we, we hired a, a chef when we opened that wouldn't make the same dish over and over again. And we're like, what are you doing? You, you tasted me on this dish and I've gotten it three other, three other ways. It needs to be consistent. That's why you need constantly, constantly tasting, checking the details, all that. So that's, that's for me. Three good NPR. ones. Guys, the last thing is marketing, marketing, marketing. Whatever you guys do, you have to market the heck out of it. And you, you just gotta, not, and don't get sick of marketing because marketing gets old. When you've done the same thing, you've done the same. We've put up a million invites for different DJs. It would get old, but you can't, it doesn't get old. You gotta keep coming up with different ways in production to keep it fresh. So, so how do you keep that fresh? So, you know, Liv's been open for, it's, we're going on our 10th year this year, guys. It's wow. 10 years in the nightclub business. Um, and I, it, by far, still the most powerful club, club <clears throat> one of the most powerful clubs in the world. And that's because we, we constantly, change the production, change the content. We know what our nights are. We, we stick true to our core and we're throwing a party. We throw a party every night we're open. And you know, once people don't realize that and they, get, they, they don't feel like it's, they have to do it, it's, it's, it's so important. How do you like the man you see in the mirror these days, Dave? I mean, I, I love it. It's, <laughs> He's I, I so handsome. Wow. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Do you look at ways? Are you a self-improvement guy? Do you take time to reflect? Uh, you know, Mark Cuban actually, when, when, during like 2013, when Mark Cuban, it was, the live was just, it was so insane. He pulls me aside, he goes, do you take time to appreciate what you've done out here? And I'm like, I never, I never do. But I, you know, once in a while, it's just like, it's the, it's the fucking Catalina wine mixer sometimes. And you're like, wow, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's so good. And it, it's great. It's a, it's a great feeling, guys. And when you, when you launch a brand, people always ask me, why don't you partner with this guy and build this restaurant brand or this restaurant brand? And I'm like, because I don't own that brand. I want to build brands that I own, guys. I'm in the brand building business. So for me, I don't need to go partner with this person or that person and build, I don't know, I don't, know, I don't want to say the brands, but people come to me and say, oh, I'm opening in Miami, can you partner with me? No, unless you want to change a new brand that we're going to build. Wonderful, all right, we're going to open it up to some questions. We're going to have our um, host walking around with different microphones. So be thinking about what you guys, uh, what you guys want to ask. What keeps you up at night, Dave? Failure, I'm telling you. Failure. Failure. 
and all you animals wanting this and that. And that. No, I'm just joking. But, and also, listen, what are we going to do to, you know, because in the nightclub business, listen, I have ADD guys, so it's, for me, it's, a, you know, the next day, the, that day, if you did a good job or not, and then there's tomorrow. And that's what people don't understand in my business is, wow, we did, the, we had the best night, we killed it. Yeah, but there's tomorrow, and tomorrow comes really quick. And it's constant, 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 constant. And if you just sit back and wait on what's going to happen, you, you miss it. So you have to constantly be ready for what's tomorrow. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the social university. We are the grad school for life, and our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. Check us out at ivy.com for life-changing advice and gatherings, and the foremost thought leaders shaping our world today. For more information about the Ivy community, and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us via membership at ivy.com. Dream big and stay inspired.